Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, we got a great episode for you. This is a wonderful pull from the mailbag. This is a very common uh, issue and it's one that there's not a lot of resources out there for. What happens when you do the basic stuff everyone has told you to do and your front desk is still overwhelmed? That's what we're getting into here. We've got a message from somebody who is obviously doing a good job and they are doing all the basic stuff, but the front desk is still overwhelmed. That's what Stephanie Goss and I get into today. I really like this. We talk a lot about the uh, psychology of the front desk and the headspace that you need to get into to deal with this problem in the first half of the episode, and the second half of the episode is all the how-to nuts and bolts. If you're like Andy, I don't want to hear about the why or the headspace. I just just give me this stuff. Jump to about the 30-minute mark. It's about 28 minutes or so. Stephanie Goss starts talking about processes, and that's when we really just get into how to do it. So if you want to jump straight to that, you can. I recommend... Uh, refreshing yourself on the why and where everybody's head is probably going to be at and what you're going to need to get them to buy into what you want to do. So anyway, that is the episode. If you're also, if you're like, ah, you know, getting people to buy into stuff is hard, Andy, and the vet team, getting them on board is always a struggle. I have a workshop. It is open to the public. It is on October the 24th. It is called Changing Behaviors and Getting Vet Team Buy-In. It will be a half day with me. It's going to be three hours, and I'm going to work with you on your practice. We are going to uh, be discussing it, working through it, talking about it, doing some work, uh, some homework and, and things like that. It is not going to be me talking at you. It is not going to be an Uncharted podcast with video. It is absolutely 100% a real Honest to God workshop like we do at Uncharted. I We'll go ahead and get a link to register in the show notes. You can also head over to unchartedvet.com slash upcoming dash events, or just head over to unchartedvet.com and click on the upcoming events button, and you will find more information there. Guys, we've got tons of great stuff coming up in Uncharted. I would love for you to be a part of this uh, workshop. I'd love for you to be a member in our community. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. This episode of the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast is brought to you by Guardian Vets. Guys, if you've heard of Guardian Vets, and I hope you have, it's probably because of their after-hour service. That's a service where your clients call your clinic, and one of the Guardian Vet CSR picks up. That's right, they're not getting your answering machine. You have a real live, trained, educated, knowledgeable, experienced person who answers the phone finds out what they're calling about, and directs them where they need to be. And that may be going to the emergency clinic and maybe book an appointment for you tomorrow, or it may be getting meds set up so they can come in and pick them up. Guardian Vets handles that for you and your team. I love it, guys. You guys know that that uh, that wellness for our team is important to me. I want vets to go home, and I want managers to go home and text and front desk and owners to go home and unplug and feel like their clients are in good hands and not feel like obligated to be there. Resilience is not about what we do during the day. It's about how we relax and recharge. And so I'm just a big fan of Guardian Vets for that reason. Recently, what most people don't know is that Guardian Vets has expanded their service. So it's not just after hours CSRs now. It's during the day CSRs. If and when your front desk gets overwhelmed, you can flip the switch and Guardian Vets CSRs are going to jump in and start helping, taking calls, booking appointments, setting up refills, doing all the stuff that you wish you had an extra CSR to do for a couple of hours on Mondays and Fridays. Guardian Vets offers that service. I think it's totally worth you guys taking a look at and checking out, especially during the COVID wildness and overwhelm. And speaking of COVID wildness and overwhelm, what about curbside? I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Guardian Vets has a new service called Curbside where they uh, let your clients connect uh, through exam room video access and then also let them do online check-in. It's all through an app that has your clinic branded to it so they feel like they're dealing with you directly. It's a beautiful system. Check it out. Learn more at guardianvets.com. That's guardianvets.com. And you can hear more about the service at the back half of this episode when we talk about handling front desk overwhelm. Let's get into it. <laughs> and we are back. It's me and Stephanie. I get by with a little help from my friends, Goss. Well, I like and, that. That's uh, a good one. <laughs> yeah. And two of our friends from Guardian Vet, which is why, uh, why we get by with a little help from our friend. We have Dr. Catherine Donahue. Dr. Donahue is the veterinary medical director at Guardian Vet. And we have Jim Poissant, who's the director of business development at Guardian Vet. And so, guys, um, this is a fun episode because we got an email from the mailbag. And I was like, that's a great question. I want to tackle this. 
I know some people that honestly uh, we should bring on because they have insight here that most people don't know and they don't know uh, what is possible. And so let me grab those guys, Catherine and Jim, and um, and 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 have them weigh in on what we're doing. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Catherine and Jim in in a little bit and uh, just to kind of lay out some uh, some new stuff that that's probably don't know about, but really are going to love if they are having this problem if they are feeling i don't know dare we say overwhelmed a bit <laughs> or or like they're drowning <laughs> or like they're drowning. i know that that's a strange idea but it's true some people do feel that way it is uh, it is true how are you doing steph uh i'm good i'm good it's so funny because um when you and i first started talking about this episode and i read read through this email that we got i was like i am so excited to talk about this i don't have any answers because this is literally my practice <laughs> and, <laughs> so I'm super excited uh, uh, I'm super excited about this one not just to talk about it and address it because I am living it and feeling it but also um, because I think that it's one that is only going to be solved by being creative and, and brainstorming together and I know some of the ideas that I have implemented in the practice since first reading this have come from talking with my colleagues in the industry and hearing what other hospitals are doing. So I'm super excited to uh, hear what Catherine and Jim have to share. And um, also for you and I to kind of talk about what we're trying in the practice, um, you know, to solve this problem. Cause I think it's something that everybody's feeling. This has been the strength of the uncharted community from the beginning, right? It's yeah. people going, Hey, the world is changing. What are you guys doing? This is what we're doing. What and yeah. somebody's going, this is working really well for us. And then, you know, I, I got feedback just recently. Um, you know, one of our members was saying that he really felt throughout the entire COVID, uh, the pandemic, you know, time block, that uncharted practices were four to six weeks ahead of everybody else just because they were constantly communicating and collaborating and sharing tips that were working. I think that's true. I think uncharted practices have, have consistently been four, six weeks ahead. Um, totally. So it's, just because yeah, it's interesting to me because um, I see in a lot, a lot in our um, all the manager groups that I'm a part of, there's still uh, you know clinics popping in where someone is asking, "Hey, you know, how are you guys texting with your clients?" And my mind explodes every time someone asks that question because we're six months into this thing, and I can't imagine functioning without some of the technologies and the changes that we've made. Um, and a lot of those have come as a, as a direct result of being able to, to talk to my colleagues and, and pick each other's brains, uh, like we do so well in the uncharted community. So. Well, yeah. If, if you're listening to this too, and you're like, I, this, uh, that's me. I, you know, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> these things out. Or if you listen to this podcast and you go, man, that was some stuff I had no idea existed. Um, really do think about the uncharted community. It, it really is how you stay up to date on uh, the best new practices and what's really working and uh, and best new technology. So anyway, uh, let's put that behind us. Uh, go to unchartedvet.com <laughs> to learn more. <laughs> and, and now we're really going to put it behind us and let's get, let's get it. Steph, what do we got from the mailbag? Go ahead. Um, let's, yeah. let's unpack. This. Let's get to work. So while I'm, while I'm reading this, you can think of a name for our manager friend here because uh, this one, this one deserves a good name. So uh, this manager wrote in and said, our phones have been ringing nonstop lately, especially with a lot of the statewide restrictions starting to be lifted or changed. Uh, they work at a practice on the East Coast. Um, and so they're in the upper, uh, you know, upper mid-Atlantic, uh, lower and Northeast. And so things are starting to change. They've seen a slowdown and people are starting to be allowed to go back to their lives a little bit. Um, and so they said, my receptionists are feeling that too much is being expected of them. And they have told me multiple times they feel overworked and underappreciated. In their defense, it is extremely difficult to keep up with the current call volume with the staffing that we have in place. The practice owner and I have tried some things to help put their minds at ease and assist in managing the hectic workflow, including giving them the okay to stay after their shift to finish up things like confirmation calls, follow-up calls, other things that the current call volume doesn't allow them to do during the course of the day, tweaking the check-in process to streamline our flow, adding two cell phone lines for the doctor to use so that the landlines are open for the front desk to hit, to have access to and some other minor things. We also have given everyone bonuses and I'm buying lunch at least once every two weeks or so to show everybody that they're appreciated. 
Despite my efforts to help, though, my front desk team is still voicing the same concerns. They feel like we have to have the technicians answer the phone, too, or add another receptionist to each shift because they're feeling like there's just not enough hands to deal with the call volume. Um, the tech team is equally swamped, and so it would be impossible yeah. to add something to their overfilled plate. And they don't have enough cross-trained technicians or receptionists to add another shift. And from a business perspective, the practice owner is looking at this going, um, I don't want to hire temporary help because they, they already have some days where an extra person would be uh, overstaffed. And it doesn't make sense from a financial perspective. And I'm sure they're probably thinking about the fact that we're heading into the back half of the year, which for sure. a lot of us is a is generally a calmer time. And um, we sh- we're stretched with our staff hours normally um, in the fall and early winter. So um, the manager said she's been helping, he or she has been helping with the phones uh, when they can, despite feeling stretched thin them- themselves. In all reality, the receptionists are awesome. They are doing an mm-hmm. amazing job handling the extra workload. I'm trying to make a point to tell them that regularly, but their perception is they absolutely cannot keep up. They are drowning. And the manager and the practice owner are making no efforts to actually fix it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's start with Headspace as we generally do. I have to say, honestly, I like this letter a lot mm-hmm. because I, and again, just based entirely on, on what we're reading here, I suspect this is a good practice. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like they they have done a lot of things, like the most basic things they have already done done. Mm-hmm. They talked about tweaking workflow, things like that. Uh, they've had the car- cross-training discussions. They've looked at having uh, technicians or other people help out on the phone. Like, I feel like this is not a, um, this is not a clinic that's lost at sea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there there are some sailors sailing this ship, um, but it's still hard. And I, I, I like this a lot because I feel like this reads very much like a good practice that is matched up against a pandemic and a massive surge in uh, case volume. And um, and if we can help these people, I feel like we're really doing well. It's super easy to help people who have not considered the fact that maybe a technician can help on the phone. Uh, that's a, like, you just right. look like such a genius. Uh, and they're like, that's a thing you can do. Um, that's not, that's not these guys. Okay. Um, I also just want to pause for a moment, having said all that, that it does make me chuckle when, uh, when someone says, you know, we did, uh, we tried to help them out by giving them permission to stay late and finish up work they needed to do. And I'm like, that's, that's always a stress reducer Uh, (laughs) is when my boss tells me that I can stay late if I want to. And finish things up. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, that's, uh, (laughs) all right. (laughs) Oh, so, so that takes us into the first part of Headspace, right? I think I think one of the big things to remember here is as you're a manager or an owner or a medical director or a doctor and, and the support staff is talking to you and they're saying, I've got so much or I'm overwhelmed and things like that. I think one of the most important things to remember is when people say that to you, they are generally not just talking about practice life. They are looking at their whole life. And I think it's it's easy for us as as the doctor and my tech goes, Doctor Rook, I'm just overwhelmed. And I'm like, why? I mean, we've we've done days like this hundreds and hundreds of times before. You know what I mean? Like, this is not that busy of a day compared to other days that we've done. Well, he or she is feeling overwhelmed because they also have kids that are doing virtual school today. And the school just announced a new schedule for next week where they will be going three and a quarter days instead of three, something crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, uh, or, 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 or they have a family member who's sick or that, you know what I mean? They have a lot of stress or, or whatever, or they can't, they can't do their, uh, they can't go to the gym, which is their mental health, you know, uh, outlet, their stress relief because their gym is shut down. Like, well, whatever. I, my point is when people talk about being overwhelmed, I think just going, well, I don't see anything here. This is a mistake. I I think we need to look at each other as as whole people and say, this person is carrying a a lot at home. So I bring that up because I I don't want people to get frustrated and go, gosh, these people are such whiners. There's nothing that's different than blah, blah, blah. Look, everybody's fighting a battle that you don't know anything about. And it's more so true this year than ever before. Um, And so so just just file that away for what it's worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. That was that was on my list. I think um, you know, it's 
it, for, for some people, even people who compartmentalize well, mm-hmm. um, living in this environment of sustained stress that we've been living in for the last six months, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Like I, I, um, I think you and I know each other well enough and our, our podcast listeners have, have come to know me a bit. I am pretty good at keeping things compartmentalized and juggling the balls. And, Mm -hmm. um, this last week I came into the clinic and that was me. I had left the house. The kids are homeschooling now, um, completely, um, we're learning new systems and processes and doing all of the things that all of my friends who are parents and working right now are, are doing. Um, and I just was feeling completely, completely overwhelmed. And one of my team members asked me for something and it was super simple, but I was in the middle of trying to do something else. And I, I literally started crying and she was like, um, what, um, what did, what did I say? And I you was have like, a pin I can borrow. What do you think I am? That was it. That was totally it. It was one of those moments. And it just was like, I, you know, all of us are living under this sustained pressure of stress from outside of work. And it's really, really hard to, uh, you know, come to the back door of the clinic or the front door, or however your team walks in the building and put all that aside because my kids are home alone and they're texting me during the day and asking questions and trying to ask for help or, um, you know, we're juggling pickups and drop-offs and, or, you know, a spouse who's at home and sick and worried or whatever, like all of us have so much on our plates. And so even for people who have generally been those kind of employees that you never have to worry about their personal life coming to work, Mm. it's hard. We need help. We need to look at each other as humans and say, um, there's probably going to be some more bad days than there normally are. Give each other I mean, grace. I'll throw that as an example because I'm still thinking about it because I just woke up a couple hours ago. <laughs> I did, I'm still not sleeping very well. I have these wild dreams that, you know, and, and I tend to dream like when I get stressed, but it's been a freaking year uh, practically of me dream. You know, and I had this, um, I had this dream last night where I was like traveling and I couldn't get where I needed to go. And there was some, you know, there was some pressure. There was some, like, I need to be there for whatever reason. And it was a terrible dream of just being, like, stuck and trying and, and stepping out of that. You know, I always believe that, that our dreams are our subconscious trying to tell us something. It yeah. is purely me feeling like I need to be doing things and I can't get where I need to go or I can't, you know, I can't accomplish what I need to accomplish. Yeah. I, I'm sure that's what it was. But it's been six months of that. And, like, as a result, I just, I'm just not as rested. And my, you know, my patience is not as long as it generally is and that's why he's been for the last few months so i I think i think all of us are really um are really feeling that let's talk about the realities of the front desk because that has really become a theme of covid in (laughs) in that practice seriously is not just overwhelm but particularly overwhelm at the front desk and the phones blowing up do you agree uh i 100 percent. let me just validate the scenery for a second the phones do not stop ringing for all of you who are listening, I, I want you to know we hear that. I feel that to the center of my soul. Every single day that I'm at the practice, I'm like, can the phones just stop for two seconds? Just pl- I, I just, I want to just, you know, I want to be able to pee. I want to be able to walk away from the front desk for two seconds. And so I hear you and I see you guys. It is so, so overwhelming. And I... um. I have some tech savvy friends and one of them has uh, systems in place where they do a lot of monitoring of their phone system and they, uh, you know, do customer service shopping of their team and they record calls and work on their uh, phone skills and all of those kind of things. But one of the really neat things about uh, his practice was that they were able to pull some of their call logs and he shared in one of our manager groups um, the a, a snapshot of the call volume pre-COVID and post-COVID. And it was like a 600% increase in the phone mm-hmm. calls prior to March. And then I think uh, they took the snapshot like in April. And just the spike on this graph was absolute insanity. And he compared it to the prior summer months where, you know, crazy busy and we're all running around like chickens with our heads cut off and you put that spike up against the COVID spike and it was not even comparable. So it is, it is insane. The the phones are ringing nonstop. And though, even though we do not have clients coming in to the building, 
the additional layers of workflow and workload that have been added to the front half of the hospital with COVID have been immense. Yeah. I want to talk about the ebb and flow of the practice in the fall specifically, Mm -hmm. right? In the summer, we tend to be real busy and pretty much every day is busy, right? The fall, if you guys think about normal years, the fall and the spring are are classic vet medicine where um, one day people are standing around and the next day everyone is slammed and crying and going, we need more help. And then after lunch that day, then everyone's just got their finger in their nose. You know what I mean? Just uh, hanging out. And it's very much that feast and famine is like when it rains, it pours and then there's a drought. And, And that is classic vet medicine. So, this practice owner's uh, concern about, I don't want to hire people and then have them stand around and then get slammed. We, anyone who has done scheduling has absolutely run into this where you're like, there are some patterns, right? We're looking, uh, at least in my experience, Mondays and Fridays are generally going to be your busiest days. Uh, Wednesday is probably going to be your slowest day. Um, you know, uh, again, that's very regional. It depends on on your community, what people do for a living, you know, what the big drivers of industry are, job providers, all those things. Um, they, they all, all the demographics factor in. So it's, it's different everywhere, but generally there's some type of pattern, but the over, uh, but the overarching theme of chaos and you just don't know when everything is going to just break loose. I, I think that that's really true. So I, I, I very much get this person saying, you know, bring on a full-time person or someone who's a temp, which means we're paying a pretty darn high, you know, hourly rate because we're also paying a, a temp agency on top of the individual. I, I, I get that. Um, and, and I, and I do think it's feast and famine. And I, and I do think that, um, that it is, it is not even as simple as just laying in bodies for a lot of clinics. There really is this, um, being strategic about scheduling and trying to anticipate when, when, uh, when the, when the rush is going to come. I, I just, I just think that that's, I just think that that's hard. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a good day yesterday because it was reasonably, uh, calm at the vet clinic. Like there were actually a couple spots in the appointment schedule that didn't fill. And, and honestly, I don't remember, I hadn't seen that in months. Like literally I just, mm-hmm. just walked in, uh, the idea that I would not be just book solid and then have other things to do. I'm just like, oh man, I, I, I remember how that used to be a thing <laughs> and because it happened yesterday. And, I, right. and I'm like, I don't know if that's uh, an indication of what's to come. I mean, we're in the fall now. It definitely could be, but, um, but yeah, it's just that, I don't know. It, it's, it's not necessarily guaranteed. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, bringing in bodies when there is that uncertainty of what's going to show up is always tricky. I guess that's a, that's a long way of me getting to that. Yeah, no, totally. And I think that from the email, this practice has, um, you know, tried some of the things that we would, um, you and I probably both would start with talking about cross training, talking about, you know, who's, who's um, backing up is, do you have a culture where uh, your manager, your technicians, your, even your doctors, if the phone rings three times and nobody answers it, is somebody else picking it up? Um, Things like giving them, uh, you know, giving them um, the okay to work overtime. And it's funny, it's funny that you pointed out, we told them that they could stay after. Um, and I, I laughed at that too. And at the same time, I think for a lot of practices, there generally is awareness, particularly as we head into the slower times of year about overtime and wanting to be smart about how we're spending our money. And so there definitely is cultures in a, for, for a lot of our practices, there is a culture of let's be cognizant of staying late and doing things that don't need to be done right now. Right. And paying the team overtime. But, um, there are also a lot of really smart managers who recognize the fact that when you're making hay, while the sun is shining, you're going to pay overtime. And so you've budgeted for it and you're like, look team, if you have things you need to do, stay and work, don't stress about it. Just do, do what you need to do. I'm not your, you know, nobody is telling you don't, don't be here late. Like I, like I might remind my team more frequently in December um, that they don't need to stay until 7 PM to finish up that thing that could totally wait until tomorrow. Right. Um, I think that, I think that this practice is trying those things, keeping everybody motivated, bringing in snacks, bringing in food, 
those are all really good things. And so mm-hmm. I think that before we get into the, um, you know, what can we actually do to try and fix this um, and talk a little bit about that? I think the only other um, thing to think about from, for me, from the um, team kind of mindset is um, check it, checking in and just making sure, like you said, knowing that work is not the only cause of their stress, checking right. in with them about their personal lives. Um, if they need help, you are not a therapist, but yep. if you have an EAP, um, an employee assistance program, or if you don't, um, you know, a lot of uh, therapy programs and um, counselors are doing online sessions. That's something as a practice owner or practice manager, get them a, a you know, $50 or $100 gift card and let them have a free therapy session if you don't have uh, an EAP that you can refer them to. Don't try and be all things to all people and be a counselor because that's not your job. But recognize that people are struggling right now. And sometimes just having an ear to um, listen makes a dramatic difference yeah. for people. In, in most cases, $50, you're halfway to being able to have an EAP for your practice for a whole year. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, right. look at look at VHMA uh, and the, and the mm-hmm. program that they have that's an EAP. Look at, um, look at your health insurance provider and see what they do but honestly guys for um i I heard peter weinstein is the president of the southern california vma and i talked with peter um just a couple days ago and he said that the one that the socal vma just started using is i think he said it's a hundred dollars for a practice up to 20 people for a whole year like it was bonkers how how affordable it was and and uh and it has things like like counseling resources so uh, yeah I, I just I I agree with that. So um, laying in EAP, you know that I'm a huge fan of the, uh, of that. I just it's affordable small businesses. Um, it's, it's, it just makes so much sense. Laying in things like that, um, taking care of each other, right? Like like one of my my big epiphanies from this year, I have shifted my thinking, and this is a big way that I've always thought is I've always thought of us uh, in the vet clinic as a team, mm-hmm. and I am moving away from that analogy in my mind. I am really shifting to this idea of vet squad as a community mm. and we are a community, which means we should know each other as people yeah. and we should support each other and we take care of each other. And when I'm down, you come and help me. And when you come to, you know, and I think the idea of team is more like when you're down, I'm going to put you on the bench right. and send in another and player. take over. Yeah. And take over. Yeah. Or I'm going to send another player. And I think the idea of a community is, we're all in this together, and if we don't look out for each other, then we're you know our community is going to suffer. And I believe that we can create something that is greater than us as individuals if we come together as a community. And so I really like this idea of of our team as community, which means, um, you know, showing appreciation to people who who help. You know, showing 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 that you care about people, showing that you're there to support them. If you believe in this idea of 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 vet squad as community, that stuff all really makes a lot of sense. And and COVID has really made me this is really what has introduced this idea into my mind and really made me philosophically start to shift because I really do think uh, that we we do need to look out for each other, right? And I feel like this practice has done a good job of that, which is why another reason I really like it is they're not. I don't get the impression this person is heartless. They took right. the time to write us a very detailed letter and lay yep. out all the things they're doing. Uh, I think they they want the best for the people. I think they're trying hard. I think they're checking all the boxes. And I think that they've kind of run out of road that they know where to go. And they, they are very competent in what they're doing and they're still mm-hmm. stuck. And so with that, let's yeah. get into fixing this thing. Okay. Uh, let, let's it. start to talk about when you are, uh, when you're in this position and you, um, and you, you've played all your cards and you're still up against the wall and you don't want to necessarily bring in, uh, somebody, uh, because it's also the fall and you're like, maybe we're going to have these downturns, but when you get slammed, everybody gets slammed. Like that's yeah. the problem is people are everybody standing around or <laughs> everybody's getting slammed, including the backs, which means they're right. not available to come to the front. And, right. and, and one of the things I would just throw out a quick, quick cautionary tale. Um, if you're the manager leadership here, you want to look for the front versus back mentality and nip it in the bud because right. it's not there here. 
but the conditions are set up for it to appear, which yeah. is the front is overwhelmed and they don't know what the back is doing. And the back is overwhelmed and they don't know what's going on up front. And if you as a leadership team do not communicate across the practice what is going on and publicly um, support and praise people while also making others aware of what they're dealing with, uh, you do have the potential to have people not know what anyone except for their little squad is doing and um and become resentful of the other group and 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 I just don't want that and so so that's the first thing I put on there is just realize the conditions are are right for us versus them front versus back and don't let that happen yeah and i think um for me in terms of looking at how to start to fix this um i think we have to look at what are we actually doing what are our processes and this is a great opportunity when we're doing that to um, take take an hour or two out of um, the day and have your team members go to where they don't normally work. Have them hang out in the back. Have a CSR hang out in the back. Have a technician come and work up front. Get some visibility for them to what the other side is going through because when you as a team sit down, whether it's in a staff meeting or, um, you know, you're working in pods and, and you have a, a project style work workflow to hash some of this out, whatever your style is as a practice, having perspective of the other side is going to be really, really important. And also it's going to help them see things that... Um, as a CSR, when I'm so locked into the fact that the texts are going off and the phone won't stop ringing and there's clients still knocking on the door or opening the front door and walking into the building despite the giant stop signs on the front mm -hmm. door, like I can't see past that. And sometimes having um, somebody else from the back half of the hospital come up front and just watch and see would allow them to give suggestions or feedback about how um, things that they see that might be opportunities to change what we're doing or stop doing something that doesn't seem necessary or have some of those kind of conversations about workflow and processes and stuff. And so I, I love that point, Andy, about, um, you know, nipping the front versus back in the bud. And I think um, spending some time in each other's shoes really helps that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Just people, it's called uh, information bias. We naturally tend to believe that people are doing less than we are. Right. Like th th that's just the way that we're wired. Um, and so we've just got to make sure that people know what others are up against and uh, dissuade the idea of those people are not working as hard as me. Just from the very beginning, not not as an intervention, but just as a, hey, let's all remember everybody is working really hard. Um, mm -hmm. So, so yeah, I, I, I think that that's totally true. The other thing I go back, and again, it sounds from the letter like like these guys are all over it. I still, um, you know, I have a client who come in who is a great client. They're very knowledgeable. They've always been good. I still have to tell them the basics. You know what I mean? Because it's my job. You, you know, like it's just I still have to say, hey, um, heartworm and flea, and flea prevention are important. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and I know that they know, but I still got I just got to say it. Sure. Say, same thing here. The first step with this is check your processes, right? At the very simple level is run through, put yourself in the position of uh, the client and go from uh, an uh, activation energy, which is deciding that you want to visit all the way up to coming into the practice and, and being handed off to the techs and just run through it and run through it every which way and see where the snags are and see where the inefficiencies are and see where one person is stuck waiting for another person mm -hmm. or where this is just a pain in the butt to do, you know, and catch those things and just smooth them out. Because honestly, if you catch one um, stumbling block for that happens in every appointment and you take it out, boy, that's a small change to a process that happens 175 times every single day. And like, that adds up real fast. In fact, mm -hmm. little, little fixes like that obviously uh, can make a bigger difference than big sweeping changes in a lot of cases. So first thing totally. is run your processes. All right. Yeah. Beyond that, I think. Oh, well, one last thing uh, to your point is I think I think you have to go through the end of it. Like I would encourage you to talk about it all the way till the client leaves the building because you would be surprised again where other people when you're talking about it as a team 
one sticking point in the process for your CSRs may be completely different than the sticking point for your patient care team. And so when you look at that from start to finish and everybody um, contributes like the next step, literally standing there in front of your team with a whiteboard or a giant post-it sheet and writing down, okay, what comes next? Like the client wants the appointment, they've called, what comes next? And just keep asking, what's next? What's next? And writing it all down. And then everybody being able to step back and look at that and say, what's your number one pain point? If you have a team of 20, you're probably going to get at least 15 different answers, right? (laughs) So being able to have the perspective of where are all of those literally from start to finish is so helpful. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Let's assume that we've done that, right? Let's assume that our processes are solid. Uh, They said they've tweaked them and cleaned them up. Let's say that we've got, uh, we've got good solid processes. I'm going to bring back in Catherine and Jim uh, at this point. And let's talk about what we can do in addition to the common sense things, the common things that people are already doing. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about three things. So the first one is I want to talk about using communication technology on the phone. Mm -hmm. The second one is I want to talk about um, what's coming for curbside and making curbside more efficient and effective. And the third thing is I want to talk about virtual and offsite CSRs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so those are the three things. Uh, and so I want to run through with that. Catherine, Jim, are you guys, uh, are you guys on and good for that? Ready to go. All Yay. right. All right. Sweet. All right. Um, so let's go ahead and start with, uh, with the phone stuff. Steph, uh, you and I had, you and I had a, um, conversation about phone trees not long ago. And I want to bring that back up. And and this kind of blows people's minds because forever we beat people over the head and said, don't do, nobody wants to be put on hold. Nobody wants to press three to talk to this person or that person. (laughs) Um, But after doing that, now that we are in the COVID world, I'm not so opposed to that anymore. And I get the impression that you're in the same boat. Is that true? Yeah. So you and I were talking, I was sharing what was happening in my practice. And this is, it was a mind blowing moment for me because veterinary medicine for me has always been about the personal touch. And Mm -hmm. I was trained in a practice where they got a live person every time everybody on the team picked up after the third ring. Like this was a team approach to client communication. We wanted to be accessible to the clients and the idea of having um, an auto attendant or a phone tree and not getting a live person when they called the practice that it was a no go for me, my entire career. Yeah. Um, and I have a dramatically different feel after the last six months because so after going through this process with my team and talking about what some of the pain points were, the first things that my CSRs told me was, do you know how many calls we're getting every single day that are meds refills, they need food, they need to schedule an appointment. Now, at the time that we had this conversation, we had an online pharmacy, we had uh, a a practice app and communication tools so clients could send us an email, they could send us a text, they could request meds in other formats. We also have an online scheduler. So none of these things are new to my practice. Um, But clients were calling in for all of those things on a regular basis. And while they were calling in and I was stuck on the phone, um, you know, talking to Mrs. Smith and helping her refill Fluffy's meds, we had three or four, sometimes 10 clients sitting in the parking lot, also trying to get through on the phone lines and let us know that they were sitting outside waiting for their appointment, or they were calling the doctor back because they hadn't answered their phone when we called them. And there was this huge competition for free space with the phones. And Mm -hmm. so when we talked about that as a team, what we recognized was that there was a decent amount of phone volume that they needed a person, but they didn't actually need a person right in that second. That when Mrs. Smith calls to refill Fluffy's meds, she wants to talk to someone. She wants to know that the meds have been taken care of and that she can come down and pick it up. She doesn't need um, a live CSR the second that she calls. And so by enabling an auto attendant function on our phone and setting it up and really thinking through how, 
what, you know, when a client is on the phone, what do we want that to look like? We can give them a greeting. We can immediately let them know if you're sitting in the parking lot, please press zero or please text us because we want to know and prioritize the fact that you're in the parking lot waiting for us. And at the same time, if you need a refill of your pet's meds, you can press two and leave us a voicemail and we will return it as soon as your prescription is ready. Yeah. You, if you need to schedule an appointment, you can go to our website and use our um, online scheduler and uh, you know, it will pull through to Avmark and it will put you straight onto our schedule. There are things that your clients need that don't require a live human in that moment. And it was a, it was a, huge dramatic mind shift for me and it has made an amazing amazing difference for my team in terms of their stress level with yeah. the phone volume yeah i think it's a great example of like um context is everything mm-hmm. you know um having having something like that when you've got people standing around killing time at the front desk mm-hmm. is one thing Right. Having something like that when the alternative is the client having a crummy experience because we're overwhelmed, that's a yeah. totally different thing. And so yeah. it, it's about it's about tossing off the dogma. So I I, I love that. I, I think that that is a, a use of technology and automation that makes a ton of sense. I have been amazed at how how much you can accomplish with texting and mm-hmm. how open the clients are to it oh, yeah. and how much faster it is. I mean, just when you really run the clock on it, how much faster it is to text than to call a client for a quick touch base or to respond to a quick question or things like that. It, um, it gets people off the phone. It really, it cuts down so much time. There's no phone tag. It's just, man, it makes so much sense. Well, and for so many of our clients, I, I have found we're actually getting richer communication with them by leveraging texting because you know when you called mrs smith to check and see how fluffy was doing post-op uh probably 80 percent of the time you're leaving a message and then you're Mm -hmm. hoping that she calls back but you might never know she may not her life is busy she may not call and you don't actually have an update on fluffy i was amazed when we started really leveraging digital technology and texting and emailing for a lot of that um communication how much richer the the experience became because clients were actually responding and we were getting significantly more information in a very easy fashion that didn't require someone to play phone tag two or yeah. three or five phone calls right it was it was it was a big game changer and i i hadn't seen that coming either yeah well you also forget too like the thing that gets me is i will say um hey i really like an update on this pet and, uh, and so maybe I'll call or I'll have my technician call. Well, then they'll call back and then they'll call the front desk and say, is Dr. Rourke available? Right. And now I'm getting paged overhead. And of course I'm in an exam room right. or I'm in surgery, you know, or whatever. And as I tell her, I'll call her back. And now I have to get loose and I have to call her again. Right. And it's just, it just eats up so much time that, that just is gone. And so, um, so texting platforms, um, so worthwhile and also um i think a lot of people had in their head that they needed to text from their own phone as a as opposed to having a clinic system mm-hmm. uh boy personal boundary talk jumping in real quick i don't want people texting me on my home phone right mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to have my number i just i don't um but i would like to be able to help them via text right. you know in in an organized you know way that doesn't creep into my into my home life and so i i think that that's great and the last the last part that I'm going to throw out is, um, you know, having people VPN uh, to work on the clinic from home. Mm-hmm. And like, boy, you want to talk about uh, shaking things up or, or, or helping reduce some stress. If one of your if your front desk, if, if one or two of your people can work from home one day a week where they just take calls from home. They don't have to drive in. It's a, you know what I mean? It's a nice thing. It, it, it can be a thing to help offload some of that stress to help people, you know, feel disconnected from work a little bit. And still, why can't they, if, if all they're going to be doing is taking phone calls and booking appointments and things like that, why can't they do that from their house? Mm-hmm. I, I, so anyway, that's a new one. Uh, Catherine, let, uh, let me pull you in. You're a veterinarian. Um, you are a uh one of the co-founders of Guardian Vet um let's what do you have to add to this what sort of what are what are your thoughts in communicating 
um, uh, and reducing phone volume. Let's just start there. Well, I think, um, you know, like you said, the key to reducing phone volume, it's, is managing the way the calls come in, certainly. And having people to answer them. So you either have them at your practice or you have them somewhere else. Right. And, and so what does that look like, you know, for a small practice or a big practice, you know, let's, um, well, I'm gonna, so let's let's springboard off of that, and I, and I sort of had three things that I wanted to to talk about. Let's let's shake them up a little bit. Um, having somebody answer them whether they're there or not. One of the things that Guardian Vets does that uh, I not I don't know of other, of anybody else who's doing it. Um, I think this is a total game changer. It's the reason that I I wanted to have you guys here to talk about this today. Um, it's it's the virtual CSR, right? Mm-hmm. If I can have somebody who's not in the clinic taking calls, booking appointments, um, you know, scheduling procedures, uh, communicating by text, things like that, um, is it possible for me to bring in an educated, competent veterinary professional that I can uh, use when I need and not when I don't and and have that sort of flexibility? Can you talk a bit about your sort of virtual CSRs and, and what you guys bring to practices? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so you, you can't, the answer to your question is you can have that person, you know, you can have it through, um, you know, our company where we've got an amazing team of licensed and or credentialed veterinary professionals waiting and ready to help. And we act as an extension of, of our hospital's practice. And yeah. so, you know, they're, they're available to do all that. Um, and the nice thing about it is that it can be responsive to volume. You know, we have an option where we have an overflow. And so if you're having that crazy day, that busy day, we're there waiting to pick right. up the bus. And then you're having a quieter Wednesday and, you know, we're still there, but you don't need us and that's okay. Right. You know, so there, there's a lot of ways to, what we're doing and to fit it into what your practice needs yeah. or what my practice needs or what, you know, anybody's practice needs. I, I use, I use, I love this solution and I have talked a lot about it and I've recommended a lot to it. First of all, um, so I've been a big fan of guardian vets for a long time with your, um, after hours, um, calls, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, because get, so, so philosophically, it just sort of, take this for a second and, and, and give you guys a love letter. Um, you know, it's a big deal for me for vets to be able and, and techs, but, uh, but vets, especially owners and managers to be able to go home and be home. Like that, that is important to me. Uh, for me, burnout is less about how hard we work, but more about how we recharge. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what I truly believe. And I think that a lot of us feel, we feel, um, a, a, a responsibility to our community, to be, you know, to, to be available and to our clients, especially to say like, Hey, I'm your vet. Right. I, I don't feel good about you being alone in your hour of need. And I think that speaks to the moral character of veterinarians is it's why I love our people so much. And I care so much about them because that's the type of people that, that we are. And so I think guardian vets has uh, provided a wonderful, um, uh, answer to that, which is I can go home. And I'm not leaving my clients with an answering machine. Uh, when they call my practice, they talk to a credentialed licensed veterinary technician who will listen to them and talk to them about what is going on and then give them advice, which is either that is an emergency and you do need to go to the emergency clinic or um, let's go ahead and put you in to come to see Dr. Rourke first thing tomorrow morning. And I can go ahead and get that scheduled and tell you, you know, here's what, here's what you can do right now. We will plan to see you first thing tomorrow morning. And, and, and I am at home enjoying my, my kids and my wife and my, you know, my outdoor time or whatever I'm doing and not stressing. And the client that I care about is getting support. They're getting assurance, peace of mind. They're getting a pathway so they can be first in line tomorrow morning. Like I, I think that that is, um, I think that that is a beautiful thing, and I th- I think it's really important, and, and I just love that Guardian Vets does it, and so I I have recommended you guys for that for a long time. the The virtual CSR 
is it amazing? It, 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 to me, I just I just gush about it. Like so, the way I look at it is, you guys have these people who are already trained. You know, they they are great at talking to clients. They they can assess cases on the phone. They they already making appointments for us, having them on during the day when my front staff gets overwhelmed and letting the phones uh, bleed around us to the guardian vets team to just start picking up and making appointments for us. And then when my team is not overwhelmed, that doesn't happen. That's awesome. Like like that is, that is awesome. That is the level of care that I want my, I want my, uh, my clients to get. And it comes in a way that is on demand and as needed. And I'm not bringing in somebody who I didn't have to train because they're already doing this and they're good at it. And they have, you guys have great training for your people. But um, but I'm, I'm not bringing somebody in I have to train. It's not like uh, I'm overwhelmed and now I'm training a new person on top of that. Like that that's that's not that doesn't reduce my stress. And so I just um, I think this is I think this is super helpful for people right now. I think for a lot of people who are just overwhelmed, um, it is something that they probably didn't know existed. Um, one, if you're not familiar with Guardian Vets in general, and you're not a 24-hour facility. Uh, I, I recommend looking at Guardian Vets for their for their call answering service. And then number two, um, the the virtual CSR is just having um, is just having a virtual a front desk that's there when you need them and that disappears when you don't. And I just it just works. And I just I think it's a great I think it's a great idea. Jim, do you want to comment on that? I'm sort of uh, talking talking pretty uh, emphatically about. Uh, about the uh, the virtual CSRs. Do you have anything to add to that? Doing a great job. I do. <clears throat> I want to add to what Stephanie said about uh, the importance of kind of leveraging that technology and and having putting in that phone menu, right? That's going to take some of the pressure off. It's going to give the client that point of contact where they can they can leave a refill request and and feel confident that it got through. But the reason that the industry, I think, has been resistant to this for a while is because, like you said, Dr. Rourke, that we don't want, uh, <clears throat> don't do a menu. You know, that's terrible. That's not good customer service. And and it is. It's better than not being able to answer the phone, obviously. But even better than that is the virtual CSR, which is the client reaches that menu and when they choose their option, say they need a refill request, instead of going to a voicemail, they're going to our team. They're reaching a live person. They can ask those questions about the product or they can say something like, I remember it was for nerve pain and it had a funny name like Gabby something. <laughs> and and we can know what that is and put it in, put it into the notes and take the request and they get a real person. I think that's, you know, a way to, to leverage the technology and let them choose their own adventure in a phone menu. But each path still leads to a live mm-hmm. licensed veterinary professional that can field their call. Yeah. And yeah. the overflow, Sorry, if I may, you know, it is a little bit different from the from the virtual CSR where the virtual CSR they're through a button press. They're accessing either your team or our team. They're they're reaching a person. With the overflow, it's essentially it's that that little hole on the front of your bathroom sink, and you think, why is that there? But it's there so that when your kids close the drain and run the water on full, it doesn't end up on the floor and down in the basement, right? <laughs> it's that, <clears throat> right? And and you know, spoken as a guy with three boys, yes, I may or may not have been uh, experienced <laughs> that only because they stuffed a sock or something in that little hole. <laughs> they <laughs> circumvented the safety route yeah um fail safe but oh, the difference that. There is that when those phones are completely full the doctors are in the office they have to call a client back but the lines are all full they're watching the phone like a hawk waiting for one of the lines to go out so they can grab it really quick and the lines are now still full yeah and with the overflow when those lines are all full instead of the caller reaching a, a busy signal or a voicemail that comes over to our team. A live professional answers it right away. If we can field the call for a refill request, an appointment request, we will. But if it's a caller saying, my dog is having surgery today, I want to check on him, we can transfer it right back to the clinic. Yeah. Sure, go ahead, Steph. Can I add one thing? And this is, again, I'm going to just shoot you guys out a love letter here because I, 
I love the fact too that you guys are creating opportunities within our field for so many of our colleagues who um, are in a position where they can't work in the clinic. They yes. have a high risk individual at home. They have uh, kids who like mine who are now homeschooling and they're trying to, to, to be a teacher and they need, they have little kids who can't be home alone and there's no daycare, whatever the reasons are. I love um, that you guys are providing opportunities for our technicians, for our experienced CSRs, for people like that who, who need something, they, they can still contribute so vitally to the success of a practice. They just can't be on the floor in the, in the building right now. And so I love that um, this, this world of virtual CSR, um, virtual technician experiences and how you guys specifically are doing it with Guardian. But I love how that is creating opportunities for jobs for some of our teammates. Yeah, it's huge for us. Um, and I can't tell you how many of our team members tell that, that to us, how grateful they are to be back in a profession that they love, that they've done since you know, very early adulthood. And they're so grateful to be contributing to have that contact with clients and, and, you know, hearing about the pets and the chance to use their years of experience. Um, you know, they make the most amazing team. Yeah. Um, Dr. Donahue, talk, tell me a little bit about, um, about quality control for people talking to my clients, because that is something uh, when you and I first met, this is something that jumped out to me about you as, as a veterinarian, who is talking to your clients is a big deal for you. Um, yeah. And you, you like, you bring that up again and again about who is talking to my clients. Uh, you know, what are their credentials? Are, what is the advice that they're getting? Because we, you know, we genuinely deeply care about our clients and we, don't want just any rando person talking to them. So talk to me a little bit about who the client gets when they get a guardian vets virtual CSR or they get a, uh, a technician after hours. Yeah. So our team is, is just as carefully selected as you all select your team at your, in your in-person hospital. You know, you're very, very careful about who is, who's the face of, of, you know, your, your, you're building your business. And so our team is, is hand selected with that same level of care. And it's, it's really rigorous. It's hard to work for us, which is, which is great. Right. Um, you know, but we are, we only for our, our veterinary nursing team um, only have licensed credentialed, you know, actively licensed and credentialed techs. And uh, then they there's there's kind of a whole process for them to become part of our team that involves, you know, testing and um, interviewing multiple times and then a pretty extensive training program and mentoring before they're ready to work on their own. Um, and so we're, we're really proud of that and and we're really careful about that. In addition, they have a there's a process where their calls are reviewed periodically to make sure that they're meeting our, our standards and, and um, you know that they're answering the calls in the way that I want my calls answered. And uh, the same goes for our CSR team. Obviously, um, or maybe not obviously, they're not licensed professionals, but they are handpicked again for their their ability to communicate effectively on the phone and their ability to be friendly and kind and to be empathetic. And, you know, there's a, a screening process and a training process and a mentoring process that goes on. And, and so we try to be as, as careful as we can to have this, you know, really nicely functioning team that is doing a great job for every practice that we work with. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Jim, I, let's jump over to the last point. Can you talk to me a little bit about what Guardian Vets is doing to streamline curbside appointments? I don't think curbside are, are appointments are going away anytime soon. I think I think a lot of clients really like them. Um, I, uh, I've talked to some, uh, multi-practice owners and some of the big boys, some of the Mars companies, uh, have absolutely noticed that some clients really like curbside, uh, appointments 
And I, I think even if uh, COVID fades into the rearview mirror, I think we're still going to be doing some curbside work. And mm-hmm. so let's talk about about making it as effective and as quick and clean as possible. So can you can you talk about what you guys have coming out uh, in that regard? Sure. And, and <clears throat> you know the the curbside process right now it seems to be the client pulls into the parking lot. They call, they get a busy signal, they call again, they come up to the door and they point at their phone and pound on the glass, <laughs> right? And, and uh, you know, meanwhile, the doctors are all waiting for a phone line to open up. And, um, and then what happens in the room? The doctor does the exam and the, the patient is, is sent back to the car. And now the doctor has spent 20 minutes in an exam. They have to spend another 20 minutes on the phone with the client to explain everything that just happened and now we've we've doubled our 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 work expectation for that one appointment and with our curbside the way that it works when they pull in instead of calling they can actually check in directly through the clinic's custom app they check into the appointment the front desk staff is alerted <clears throat> they're taken through the process we can text back and forth from the clinic to the app to the client the patient is brought in and then the client can actually have live video of what's happening in the exam room, whether the doctor has a laptop, a tablet, even a cell phone set up in the room. And now they can have that exam just like they used to, where they're talking in real time with the client as they're doing the examination. They're talking about what they're finding. They're asking questions. They're giving their, their possible prognosis and diagnosis. And the whole thing's happening in real time, and the client is actively engaged in the exam during the exam. That's awesome. They know where it's at. And then when it's finished, they can go back to uh, crushing that candy because it's not going to crush itself. And pretty soon, the <laughs> technicians are going to text. Yeah, the technician is going to text out and say, you know, your, your, your pet's available, collect payment, and the dog's back in the car, and they head home. Mm, I love and it. And it can work even better for a client who maybe has an elderly parent and uh, the, the, the child is bringing the pet into the clinic and that elderly parent back at home can be watching the exam in real time. Yeah. If they're maybe immune compromised or something and they just simply can't leave their home, they can still be part of that visit. Yeah. You know, uh, another sort of idea that I had recently, uh, someone, um, I, I was talking to some vet students and one of them said, um, what do you do when you have someone who is a non-English speaking person in the exam room and you're working with this person? And there have been uh, a number of times that what happens is, you know, I'll, I'll generally reach out to someone that they know um, or if we have uh, someone on our staff that's that's bilingual. Uh, but it's their day off. Uh, we, we, I hate to call them at home, but I will call them at home and, and we'll put it on speaker and use a translator. But uh, but this ability of them to have uh, someone, uh, the client have someone that they trust or we can bring other people into the room to facilitate the, the discussion and to get the uh, all parties involved that need to be there. So we get sort of universal buy in. I, I think that that's a great opportunity. I, I'm, I just I see a lot of potential with this. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I I love it. I, we have been using facets of that process within the practice since things started. And it is such a difference maker, the ability to streamline some of that with technology. And, and, you know, when COVID first started, all of our teams were feeling, I think, really overwhelmed because so much change was happening constantly. And every day there was new processes and the front desk in particular was like, I don't remember 20 minutes ago, let alone yesterday. But now things have been stable for a while. And now I think um, to to the point that was made earlier, this is not going away. And this is something that our clients have identified that they like and that they want. And I love the idea of being able to start to look um, at our processes. And Andy, you and I have talked about this and think about it from a long-term perspective and think about how do we leverage this and make it a part of our practice culture so that it can be the high touch, high end um, kind of boutique experience for our clients who, who want that, 
even when we can let clients back in the building, you know, that there are going to be clients for the examples that you just shared, Andy, where you need to bring in a, you know, a third party parent or gym, the elderly parent who's at home, or, you know, in, in particular COVID being able to have the high risk parent who can't leave the house, Mm -hmm. participate and see what's going on and feel like, um, I think so many clients have this concern that when their pet walks through the front doors, that they're going into the treatment room and they're in a cage. And yeah. to be able to um, relieve that fear for them and have them see that that it's still very much the same process as when they're in the exam room, they just physically aren't right there, makes such a big difference, especially when we get the opportunity to show them that, in fact, the pets are probably more spoiled now that clients are not in the building than they ever have been before. There is more treats happening. There is more love happening. There is more... Um, you know, pets being carted around or sitting at the front desk with the CSRs because nobody has a free set of hands. Like clients want to see that. And the idea of being able to bring technology into the room is, I think, so key to moving forward um, with all of this. I love it. Yeah, I do too. All right. Uh, Jim Poissant, um, Dr. Catherine Donahue, thank you for being here Thanks for talking with us about what you guys are doing. Thanks for what you're doing. Um, I genuinely believe you guys are a big uh, help to the profession, and you guys are doing work that uh, is going to make our lives better. Stephanie Goss, as always, you're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> thank amazing. you. Thanks, guys. Right. This is a this is a good one. I I hope it um hope it was helpful for for our manager writer. I think the most important thing that I would say is that you're doing a good job. You're on the right track. And I think that starting to think, taking our teams and really sitting down and having the conversation about the fact that this is not changing, this is not going away anytime soon. And so the things you and I have had this conversation any multiple times, the things we duct taped together in March, now we have to think about how do we make this uh, a process for the long haul and um, being able to access tools like Guardian Vets is providing for for private practices, um, being able to think about or or um, you know corporate practices like being able to think about how do we make this better? How do we lev- lever leverage um, the technology to level up the client experience? I just I just love, and so I think making the team a part of that and looking at the processes and getting their buy in. Um, I think is is where this manager needs to start. Yeah, definitely. Modern problems require modern solutions. Totally. All right, guys. Take care. I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Have a great one, guys. And that's what we got for you, gang. I hope you're having a great week, a great technician week. I hope you're enjoying your techs and celebrating them. Uh, If there's ever anything Steph and I can do for you, just shoot us an email. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. And as always, it means the world to us if people write honest reviews of our podcast on iTunes. So uh, if you're looking for something to do, that is something that would be wildly appreciated. Guys, until next week, take care. Be well. Bye.